0: Welcome to Season 2 of Everybody Speaks Music. I'm your host, Chris Schultz. And for our very first Follow-Up Friday episode, I'd like to explain the trajectory of this season. We're going to be trying to fit in all of the components that you'll need to create your own music by composing it or by improvising it, and also the elements you'll need to learn other people's music better and how to interact with other musicians. I really hope you find this season full of value, inspiration, and most importantly, practical takeaways that you can use immediately to enhance your musical journey, to get more out of your time with your chosen instrument. One of my objectives in season two is to avoid using excessive theory. I don't want this to turn into a YouTube tutorial where I'm teaching you how to build chords or how scales are constructed or keys or all that other information that's already ready, readily available for you online. We're gonna to try to keep it practical And I'm gearing this towards people that don't really understand how music works and are much more curious about how to get started. Now, if you're an experienced player, you'll probably find a few useful tips along the way. But for the most part, this is for the beginners out there. And hopefully you have a great journey. And by the end of this season, you'll have composed your first song, done your first improvisation and played with your first friend or family member as another sort of uh, extension of your musicality to share it with others. Now, season one was primarily focused on mindset. I know that's a buzzword these days, but it is important that you understand why it is you're doing what you're doing. So if you're looking for the inspiration needed to want to be a musician or to further your craft or to get out of a rut, I think you'll find some useful tips in season one. But in season two, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about Practical takeaways, things that you can actually use in your day to day playing, and how to go about practicing them and executing the ideas and the creativity that is inside your imagination or your head. I'll start off by listing all of the areas that we're gonna cover in season two. We're gonna start off with. Chords or Harmony, which are your basic building blocks of almost every type of song. Our second episode will focus on rhythm, the ever-important ingredient that makes everything sound good or bad, depending on how you look at it. In episode three, we'll look at melody and how the melody is derived from the chords you picked in episode one. And in episode four, we'll talk about lyrics and telling your story. And then in episode five, we'll talk about recording tips and how to get your ideas from your hands onto a recording that you can share with the rest of the world. From there, we'll be moving into a couple of episodes on improvisation, followed by some episodes on how to learn other people's music or emulate better. And finally, we'll wrap up with how to interact with other musicians in a live setting and what types of tools and equipment you'll need to sound better and be more in line with your values as a musician. Let's get started. I'll start off by explaining how I approach my compositions Really, it starts with a lot of messing around and looking for something that's in line with my emotions or something that's going on in my life. Sometimes it could be inspired by a song I've heard, and I can't wait to get to my guitar or piano and try it out, and then it leads to something else. But essentially, I view music as having, outside of the rhythm, I think of the bass note and the melody note. Uh, So on a guitar, I might find my bass note first and then figure out what the melody note is or the other way around and then I go about exploring the internal notes of the chords and play with those to add the color or texture that I'm looking for. One of my favorite ways to write a song is actually to start with the melody and to reverse engineer what chords are going to support that melody. I do find that method trickier for the most part, Usually, if you start with a chord progression, it's a little easier because the chords will tell you what melody will work best, and you can examine that in episode three. But to be fair, the way that I write music is mostly intuitive. And although I understand the theory of what it is I'm doing, I try not to apply it when I'm being creative. I do find that it gets in the way for me personally. But much like Victor Wooten's explanation of how theory is a spare tire in the trunk and the tools you need to fix your car when you have a breakdown, theory is something that you'll want to have access to as you move along your journey. It's really nice to know that you can analyze something if you're stuck or find a missing chord or melody and theory can sometimes be the missing ingredient to allow you to do that. But you won't need any to get through this season. All right, so let's say that you're a beginner. You've had very little experience on an instrument and we're going to be talking about chord progressions which are generally applied to a guitar or a piano keyboard which I have sitting in front of me. Now, most of us will learn a couple of very simple chords in the beginning, and that's all we need to become songwriters. On the piano, that might be as simple as finding a C major chord by combining three different keys on the piano keyboard. Now, those notes happen to be C, E, and G, and if you have a piano keyboard at your house or a piano, you can find a C by looking for the double black keys and then hitting the white key directly to the left of that, which should sound like this. Now, two white keys away from that is an E, and two white keys away from that is a G and if you combine those you get a C major chord Now if you move that structure to the right you get the next chord in the key of C which is D minor and the next chord is E minor with the same shape moving to the right followed by F major followed by G major A minor and finally, B diminished, which you're not going to use because it's a diminished chord and it's considered very dissonant, which we'll cover in a later episode. Such a tense chord. If you feel like using it, go ahead. But let's try to ignore that one. So that reduces our chords to six. One, two, three, four, five, and six. Now, if you're a guitar player, the chords that you often learn first are what we call campfire or cowboy chords or strummy chords. And I'll list those in alphabetical order. A major or A minor. Now there's no easy B chord. Usually you don't encounter a B until year two, so let's skip the letter B and move to the next obvious chord which is C, followed by D and D minor, E and E minor, F and G for a total of nine common chord grips or shapes that almost every guitar player needs to learn in their first few years. With those nine shapes, you can pretty much play every single song ever written by a singer-songwriter on the guitar. Now let's talk briefly about major and minor. If I play an A major chord, followed by an A minor chord, you might notice that the minor's got a sadness to it, and that's going to come into play when we start exploring how to create chord progressions and write our own music. The major chord is brighter sounding, happier, and the minor chord is darker and more sad. And if you can't hear the difference, don't worry about it. It will become more obvious each passing year. Let's talk about the two ways that you can produce a chord. You can hit all of the notes at the same time, or you can play the notes individually, which is called an arpeggio. And depending on your goals as a song, one of those two approaches might seem a little more appropriate, but we're going to save rhythm and all that fun stuff for our second episode. So staying on the idea of how we can put chords together to create songs, the most important thing is trusting your gut and your instinct. I'm going to use the nine guitar chords for my demonstration, which were A, A minor, C, D, D minor, E, E minor, F, and G. Now, one thing I want to mention is in a song, traditionally you'll only use one or the other of the same lettered chords. So A and A minor generally won't show up in the same song. Here's A, here's A minor, and one of those is not going to make the cut. Let me elaborate. When you start writing your own music, you want to trust your instinct, how you're feeling, and how these sounds are registering or reacting to you. So the idea here is with each of the nine chords, We're going to listen carefully and make a decision. Does that chord resonate with the way I'm feeling right now or the type of music that I want to create? So if I listen to the A major chord versus the A minor, I'm going to have to make a decision which one of these two chords is better suited to my current mood. And I'll be honest with you. It's been a bit of a tough week, so I'm going to go with A minor, which means A major is now removed from my chord pool. And I consider all the chords that we're looking at to be a pool of chords. Our goal here is to reduce it until we find the chord that best matches our current feeling or mood. For now, that's A minor. So that means out of the original nine chords that I had on the guitar, I have now reduced it to eight. Moving along, the next chord that appears is C major in my list. I have to decide, do I prefer the A minor or the C major? And this is where I want to drop one of my favorite quotes. I don't always know what I want, but I always know what I don't like. Let's say that you get through the remaining eight chords and you still don't know which ones you like. I guarantee there's gonna be a few you don't like, so start by marking those off the list. At this point, I can't tell if I like A minor or C major better, so I'm gonna leave them both in the running and move on to the next chord, D major. A D is really bright, so I'm gonna immediately knock that off the list, but D minor might actually be appropriate for my mood. It is, which means I'm now up to three chords that I like. Let's move along. E major, definitely not. E minor, hmm, let's consider that a fourth option. F major, definitely not. And G major, definitely not. So I've got four options to choose from. Now your results should vary. If you're in a particularly happy mood, you probably would have chosen one of the major chords. It's important to remember there's no right or wrong here. When I do this experience with a student, I keep asking them, how does that chord make you feel? And I'll keep playing our options back and forth until we've reduced it down to one. So my four options are A minor, C major, D minor, E minor. Now, there's no rules to songwriting. In fact, what I just put together might be the song. Let's talk a little bit about the structure that we're going for and how we're gonna take these random chords and turn them into an actual piece of music. We're looking to write a four-chord song. That's traditionally how most singer-songwriters operate, and we're going to put them into sections called bars or measures that are four beats long. We'll be covering most of this terminology in episode two. So we need a chord to start with, then it's gonna go to a second chord, from there to a third chord, and from there to a fourth chord. And the way that we string those chords together is called a chord progression. And the progression should help us feel something or relate to our mood. The very first chord is the most important decision you can make because it sets the tone for the rest of the chords. In other words, if I start with a C major chord and then go to A minor, it's a totally different emotion than if I go from A minor to C. Let's have a listen to that. Here's C first. And I can tell by doing the chords in that order that the C for me it's just not registering. So I'm gonna take it out of the running. That leaves me with three chords. Now there's a battle going on between A minor, E minor, and D minor. Now, if you don't know the names of your chords, you don't doesn't matter. Just the shapes that you're learning from your lessons on piano or guitar, those are those are enough. Just as long as you can play a shape and you like the sound of it, you're ready to write a song. So here are my three chords in order that I listed them: A minor, D minor, And E minor. The way I'm putting them together is influencing how I feel about them. Sometimes to help, I will make a bunch of gibberish notes, maybe on a different instrument. And that helps clear out my hearing so I'm not attached to what I just heard. Now I'll try the D minor first. There's something about that chord that's pulling me in. I'm making a mental note. Here's E minor. I like the D minor better. And I know this is going to get me into a bit of trouble in the next part of this episode, but I think I'm going to go with D minor. And that's usually how it works for people when they first start writing a song. You trust your instinct. We've kind of ruled out all of the options based on the limited amount of chords we had in our pool to start with. So let's do a quick review. You start with a, a small amount of chords that you can play on an instrument, ideally a piano or a guitar, so you can hear how they all sound together from that pool of chords you are trying to figure out what is the first chord that is going to represent the emotion or the feeling that you currently have or the one that you want to have in the song you're about to write. Okay, so now you've made a decision. Mine happened to be D minor. And from here, we're going to try to figure out what the second chord is. So this would be a good time to pull out a piece of paper and a pencil or pen. Now draw four circles on this piece of paper. And in the very first circle, write the chord that you chose first. In my case, it's D minor. Leave the second, third, and fourth circles blank for now. Now from that very first chord that you decided, technically you only have eight options of where to go if we're working with our original chord pool of nine, like I was doing on the guitar. If you're a piano player and we only had a chord pool of six, then you only have five chords to choose from for your second chord. So this gets easier as we go along because that first chord is the hardest decision to make. But from there, it's much easier to tell what you want to go to next. So from D minor, I can go to every other chord in my original list, keeping in mind though that D major is probably not gonna show up because it's got the same letter name. In other words, I'm not gonna go from this chord to this chord because they're just too similar with uh, root notes and yet they clash, if that makes sense. Let's have a listen to what happens if I go from D minor to A major. there's definitely a feeling there. Let's try D minor to A minor. That's a bit too renaissance-y for me. I didn't really like either of those, so I'm gonna move along my list from A's. The next letter was C on my guitar, so D minor to C major. Okay, let's remember that one as being somewhat of an option. Now I'll go into the E chords. I definitely didn't like E major. Let's try E minor that's a bit too dark and now I've got an F chord to try yeah I like that I think that's the one let's try G it's my final option Ooh, that's pretty good too I'll listen to them again just to make a decision D minor to F and D minor to G I think I'm going to go with the F chord and trust my initial instinct. And I recommend that when you're going through this process, just trust your, trust your gut and remember the quote, you don't always know what you like, but you'll always know what you don't like. So even if you aren't 100% sure, uh, it's, it's, it's enough to get the song moving along. You can always replace the chords later, or try some different things. Also keep in mind that these chords sound totally different on a piano. If I play a D minor to F major chord on the piano, it sounds like this. Or in a higher octave. So the type of instrument or the type of voicing you use for your chords will have an impact on your decisions. All right, I've got my second chord, F major. Now for my third circle, I need to find my third chord. And here, I've reduced my options greatly. So I've already used a D-type chord, and I've already used my F chord. That means my remaining options are one of the two A chords one of the two E chords, a C chord, or a G chord. So in other words, four options. Let's hear all of those at play and rule out the ones we don't like. Here's D minor, F, A major. That's really shocking. So let's move on to an A minor and see if that works better. Hey, that's pretty good. And that's a good point to pause and show you that it's not intuitive how this is going to work out. And this is a great reason not to use theory when you first start songwriting. Uh, The A minor sounded really good, but the A major sounded horrible. So on paper, it might not be obvious, but our ear can tell that. Once again, D minor, F, A major. And D minor, F, A minor. I'm pretty sure I'm going to pick that, but let's try all of the other options just in case there's something better. Next up would be D minor, F, C major. That's pretty good too, but I definitely prefer the A minor. And now I'll try D minor, F, E, and I'll try both E's in a row. Here we go. Definitely not E major. or E minor. So that was an easy decision to make. And next up we have a G chord, our last option. Ooh, competition. That's a tough one. Is it going to be D minor, F, A minor? Or is it gonna be D minor, F, G? Or could it be both? And this is another option you can consider. Some songs will flip the ending chord. So in other words, our first time we could go D minor, F, A minor. And the second time, we could go D minor, F, G. And I kind of like that. And I'm going to pull out a song that most of us have heard by Bob Dylan called "Knocking On Heaven's Door. It uses a similar concept where the first time it's G, D, A minor, and then it's G, D, C. So simply changing the A minor to a C chord the second time and alternating between those two different chord endings is the how that whole song works. Mama, take this badge off of me There's the A minor Cause I can't use it anymore And there's the C It's getting dark, too dark to see It feels I'm knocking on heaven's door So I think I've made my decision. It's going to be D minor, F, A minor, D minor, F, G. And that's the beginning of my song. Let's hear that together one more time. And the next time. All right, so let's summarize the steps because I jumped around a bit. Uh, and you're all on a different stage of your journey. So if you know a hundred chords, then your chord pool is so large, you'll probably have a lot of a, a lot more trouble getting through this process. You actually want less chords. And by the way, if you already know a hundred chords and you haven't written your first song, you've gone too far. Back up, think about less chords and write your first song. So once you have your chord pool, which is unique to you and unique to the instrument you're practicing on, you're ready to start writing a song on a piece of paper draw four circles so you can keep track of your information. And somewhere else on that paper, write all of the chords, however many you know. And if you don't know the names of them, then give them nicknames, but call them something. Dragon chord, flower chord, it doesn't matter. Just give them a name so you can write it on your piece of paper. Okay, you can also video record yourself so that you don't have to write anything down. That's just fine too. So in that first circle, You have to choose the chord that best matches your current state of mind or the feeling or the emotion that you're going for as a songwriter. So put that chord in the first circle after you've ruled out which of the other chords you don't like. Okay, in my case, it was A minor. Now your job is to figure out what the second chord is by going from A minor to whatever your remaining options are. In my case, I had eight other options to try. I ended up choosing, oh, did I say A minor? Sorry, D minor. So it was D minor was my first chord. I'm so used to picking A minor for this demonstration, but it was actually D minor. And my second chord was F and so on. You keep ruling out all of the chords until you end up with four different chords. Now, as it happened, I enjoyed the sound of D minor, F, A minor, and I didn't put a fourth chord there. So before I wrap this video up, Let's say that I tried that option out, because some of you might wonder about why did I say four chords, and it's it's important to point out, like, there are no rules to this, so try not to be too hung up on my method. Find your own way through this. This is just a suggestion that I give people when they first get started, and it often works quite well, but uh, if you are an option anxiety person, stuff like this can sometimes drive you nuts, so we've got to try all the options out, make sure that you find the one you like the best. So going back to my original idea of four chords, D minor, F, A minor, question mark. Let's hear what that fourth chord might have been had I decided to do that root. Could definitely have been a C chord. Let me try uh, the E chords. I don't think it's going to work, but just so you can hear that. Mm, E minor is okay. I think E major is going to obviously sound bad. I'll do it really fast. so You can hear that that's actually not too bad. I was wrong, so you never know. And let's try a G chord on the end. That's pretty good. Okay, so if you're keeping tabs, this means I have a lot of options to try out. My instinct is telling me to go D minor, F, A minor, D minor, F, G. But the thing that I just did actually sounded good. D minor, F, A minor, G. That might be a second part of my song, and that's often how you can come up with multiple sections in a song. So let's hear how that might sound if I had part one, which was D minor F, A minor, D minor F, G, and then I might loop that two or four times or eight times or 16 times. At some point, I'm gonna try out my other section, which is gonna be D minor F, A minor G. Let's hear those two options. So I'll do the first part twice, and then I'll go into the second part. Here we go. D minor. F, A minor, D minor, F, G. I'll do that whole thing again. D minor, F, A minor, and D minor, F, G. And here's my next section, D minor, F, A minor, and G. Do that part again. Okay, so I really like that. I've actually got two sections to my song now. And you don't need two sections. Like Bob Dylan didn't do that in Knockin' on Heaven's Door. and But we are going to go with a two-section song. Uh, it's a very intuitive process. In this case, I just felt like that's where I want my song to go right now. But the real journey begins when we start adding rhythm. Let me back that up. The real journey has already started. But the exciting part of this is when we start adding rhythm and then melody. That's when it all comes together and you'll hear an actual song. So remember, this episode is really basic in terms of the sound you're hearing. Uh, It's just a guitar going into a vocal microphone, coming into a phone. So it's pretty bare bones. Uh, My hope is that by the end of this set of lessons, probably by about episode five or six, yeah, five, I guess, you're going to hear a complete song. And I'll keep trying to build on these ideas and show you how we add the, the rhythms and the melodies and different instruments to really bring the song to life, uh, especially by the time we get to the recording process in episode five. So once again, today's episode was all about chords and chord progressions. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about rhythm. The week after that, we'll talk about melody. And the week after that, we'll talk about lyrics and adding your story to your song if you want. And then after that, we'll be recording. And that'll be our first pretty much half of the season, and then we'll touch on improvisation, uh, learning other people's music, playing with others, and the tools and equipment you need to sound your best. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and if I do decide to release this as my first YouTube video on the channel, thank you for watching it. It certainly added a number of challenges for me as it's supposed to be a podcast, but I do appreciate you taking the time to listen or watch wherever you may be doing that. And looking forward to catching you in the next episode. Thanks again. This has been episode one of Follow-Up Fridays for Everybody Speaks Music. Everybody Speaks Music.